Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Bibles to the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 25. And you might, I'm going to read some scriptures that you might think that we would read on Pentecost Sunday, but I'm going to go a little different direction, and then we're going to tie it all in with the book of Joel chapter 2. But Joel chapter 2, verse 25, and thank the Lord for, for Pentecost, for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Everybody that has received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues has a testimony of the victory and glory of God. Amen. Amen. The book of Joel chapter 2 verse 25, and I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. God will restore to you and to me. Amen. I'd like for us to go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, before we pray, I feel like that the Lord is wanting me to do this. We're going to pray for Brother Donnie's business. I feel that, that uh, we need to cover your business and pray that God will give you uh, increase. And also pray that you will get, and you got some helpers. We want them to continue in good health We want them to be there to help you out and to carry the load for you. We're going to pray for his business. You have a name. What is the name of your business? Don's Small Engine Repair. Oh, that's simple. Don's Small Engine Repair. Amen. And they're out here on uh, uh, Prairie Street. But we're going to pray that God would bless that as we pray over the message today. Lord, Lord Jesus, we come before you. We pray. That God, you will touch Brother Donnie, and I pray God that you will touch his business, and I pray God that you will let it grow, and that you will let it thrive, and that Lord, you will send him workers to help him carry the load. Some that are very faithful, those that are very committed, those that are trustworthy, Lord, those that will help him to see the vision and the dream come to pass. I pray, God, that you will bless them in this. Amen. I pray that you'll give them good health and God's strength. I pray, God, you'll bring forth increase and bring forth favor. I'm praying for it today. I put it in your hands, God, today for you to take care of this. God, I pray for the word of the Lord. Amen, that we will receive what you have for us. Your word is powerful, it will not come back void. And God, I pray that we will open our hearts and our minds and our soul today to receive what you have for us as the body of Christ. Praise God, praise God, amen. I believe, I believe, I believe. And everybody said amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated today. Pentecost Sunday. There's no telling what might happen in a Pentecostal service on a Pentecostal Sunday. There's powerful things happen when God's Spirit begins to move and His Spirit is moving. Amen. The faith of the church is rising and we are believing and trusting God for the miraculous. 
And uh, there are things that are happening right now, but there's things ahead that we are trusting and expecting in. And in our revival here uh, about a month ago, uh, uh, it was said that we're going to have renewal or renewing and revival, number two, and restoration, number three. We've been preaching for the last few weeks on renewal for us to renew our heart in the Lord, renew our prayer life, renew our commitment to the house of God, renew our, our relationship with God. And we have, we have preached last week about revival and what revival brings. And it is a reviving of what was there at one time, a reviving, all of these words, uh, renew, revival, restore, all have R-E in front of them, which means something that was, but now we're going back to it and getting it again. And it was poured out on the day of Pentecost, chapter 2, the, for the first time. It was the very promise of God that he said, he, he told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And they went there, and guess what? They, t they had a prayer meeting there. We stood in the upper room in Jerusalem and we prayed and we worshiped there and had a word from, uh, that was spoken there and what a feeling to be able to be in that upper room. But yet it's not the room as such, it's as Sister Burke was talking, it's the connection with God. And you know what? This church service is an upper room for Pentecost, Pentecostal experience to be felt and experienced here, but, but here's the thing, it's it, this house right here, we're connecting with God. This is our upper room, and really, when you stop and think about it, any move of God, any church service, I mean, let's, you know, I, we, we try to complicate things so much at times, I know I do too, I try to co complicate things and I need to stop and back up, but I'm, I'm realizing the older I get, I like simple life. I like simple things in life. Don't complicate it, just, just get it a little bit more simple. I, I, I like things that are simple and you might say, well, it's because you're simple-minded. Well, if that's the case, uh, hey, I'm happy with peace and happiness uh, I, I, complicated things, you know, sometimes the world gets so complicated. But when we come to the Lord, it's not really complicated. It's, it's just simple that a church service really is to come and pray and worship the Lord and to walk in his, in his word as the word is pre preached and taught and be obedient to the word of God but it also is bringing that church service to a point where we just simply have a prayer meeting around the altar. It's not complicated. Amen. We kind of, it always goes back to a prayer meeting. It always goes back to a time of prayer and consecrating our life to the Lord and, and a time of worship and praising the Lord. And I, 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 I believe that I don't know all the details about the upper room, but I do know that I feel that they had a prayer meeting and I also feel they had a time of worship. They did have a time of confusion trying to figure out what was going on, but they were just simply trusting in the Lord to do what he told them to do. Go to the upper room and, and wait. Go to the upper room and wait for the promise. And that promise was the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. 
And uh, then, of course, uh, Peter stood up and preached when he began to explain what this was all about. These are not drunken, as ye suppose. This is the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. We are experiencing here at Landmark an experience that was prophetically prophesied in the Old Testament and in the book of Joel. And it was also prophesied and spoken and experienced on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And we're still experiencing it today. It's sad that sometimes people or religions try to say there's nothing to that today because all I can say is they haven't experienced it for themselves. And uh, if they haven't experienced it for themselves, how would they know? How would they know? But we have an experience here today. So we renewed and we are renewing. It's something that doesn't just happen a couple of weeks ago. We're continuing in the renewing. We're continuing in the revival. And today I'm going to preach about restoration. Restoration. Amen. Joel chapter 2 verse 25. Uh, it says, And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. There was a purpose in this. God had a purpose. We got to trust the Lord in the purpose. Sometimes it happens because of our bad decisions. But God has a purpose. It's not to destroy us. It's to help us to come to an understanding of where we're at and what we need to do. The Bible says we look into the word of God and it's like a mirror and we see ourselves as we are, but it's not going to do you any good unless you correct some things, you know? When I look in the mirror in the morning, I told, I told Sister Franny today that when I got up out of bed, uh, I had Marzi hair. And here he is. He's walking down there. I had Marzi hair. And uh, I had to tame it down a little bit because it was going a lot of different directions. But hey, we don't want Marzi to tame. Just let it, let it be. Amen. That's, if you want to know what I, my hair looked like when I was a kid, that's what it looked like. It was blonde and it was curly. Now it's separating from the root system. We need to go back and build roots. Roots, brother, brother Austin. Roots. You got the word wrong. I'm getting it right here. Got to go get back and get some roots. But you see, in this scripture it says, and I, who is that I? It's God. God will personally restore things that you have lost. That's where we're at. We've renewed our heart in, unto commitment to the Lord, and we have some things revived in our heart, but we're also going to have restoration. Restoration. Bringing back things to its original beauty. Amen. And I don't believe it's just going to be, I, I, I got proof in the word of God, it's not just going to be in, just to its original beauty, but it's going to be even greater than what it was before. Amen. I believe that restoration is something to restore and bring it back to where it needs to be, but even, it's even going to be stronger and greater than what it was before. It was a few years ago, an angry man rushed through the, the, the Rieks Museum in Amsterdam until he reached Rembrandt's famous painting, The Night Watch. I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but the famous painting of Rembrandt, The Night Watch. And then he took a knife 
and he began to slash it repeatedly before he could be stopped. A short time later, uh, a distraught, hostile man slipped into the St. Peter's Cathedral in Rome and with a hammer and began to smash Michelangelo's beautiful scripture or sculpture, uh, the Pieta, uh, two cherished works of art in the world of art and were severely damaged. But what did officials do? Did they take those pieces of art and those, that picture of Rembrandt and the sculpture of Michelangelo and just throw it out into, into the scrap heap and say it's so severely damaged it can't be fixed, it's done with? No. These two pieces of, uh, of art to the art world, they did not throw them out and forget them. They, they absolutely did not. They had a desire to have whatever they could do with whatever other artwork that someone could bring forth to repair and to, re and to restore these, these pieces of art. And uh, it was so. That's exactly what happened. There was a man named J. Stuart Holden. It tells of an old Scottish mansion close to where he had his little summer home. And uh, the walls of one room were filled with sketches made by distinguished artists. And the practice began after a pitcher of soda water was accidentally spilled uh, on a freshly decorated wall and left an unsightly stain in that mansion. And at the time, a noted artist, Lord Landseer, was a guest in the house. And one day when the family went out to the moors, he stayed behind and with a few masterful strokes by the artist, uh, it says with a few masterful strokes of a piece of charcoal, he began to reshape that. That ugly spot became the outline of a beautiful waterfall and bordered by trees and wildlife. And he turned that disfigured wall into one of his most successful depictions of highland life in the mountains. He was able to take what looked like it was going to be a tragedy and a terrible thing a ungodly sight, and he turned it into something beautiful, and he restored it. And that's exactly what God does with our lives. He doesn't throw us out and say, be out of my presence, I don't want to see you anymore. But what God does is he takes the broken pieces of our life, and he puts them back together, and if anybody can do it, God can. And he restores these things to the to the original beauty, if not even greater beauty than what they were before, because when it's in God's hands, he is the artist. He is the one that can form these things in your life and in my life. There is never a time in God that hope is all lost. Amen. I don't know if you read the news here lately, but recently the famous painting of the Mona Lisa Everybody's seen the picture of Mona Lisa, right? I mean, everybody pretty well. We've seen the picture, and I, I never understood all the great importance of it, but uh, I know that it's, it's a piece of art that everybody's seen. But recently, someone went into the museum where this, this Mona Lisa was, was at, and they desecrated it, threw liquid on it. And because of that, some of you probably read it in the newspaper, but they didn't throw it out. They, they cleaned it off and they 
fixed it and put it back originally just like it was supposed to be. What, 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 what devastation in our world today that people have this mindset that they can go in and they can tear up other people's property and that they can tear things up like paintings and do this and that and take knives and cut them open and, 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 and it's just a desire to get attention of some kind to, to, to make a desecration of certain things. But you see, the devil wants to do the same thing for your life, for your soul, for your for your peace, for your joy. He wants to strip from you the things that you have in your life that God has promised to you and he wants to make it into something that he wants it to be and he wants your life to be miserable. You see, the depravity of our world against anything that has to do with God is what we're seeing in our world. I never thought I would see the day that churches would be stolen from. The thing about it was that a friend of mine that lived in prison many times, he'd get out of prison, go back. Yeah, I've told you the story about him. But he said there was, a, there was an unwritten law that was said among all of the thieves in, in the thievery world, if you could call it that. And he said one thing that we would not do, none of us would be to steal or, or, or desecrate the house of God. Now they're tearing up things, they're destroying things, they're stealing things, even out of churches, and, and uh, the, the desire to say that there is no God, an attack against uh, Christianity, and there are people in this world today that call themselves Christians, and it's not, we're, we're talking about other countries, there is Christians today that are dying right now because they stand for believing in Jesus Christ. Christians. You see, this has affected our whole world, but it, this depravity of the world and looking at God, that there is no God, they say. The atheistic uh, theories and thoughts, uh, I don't know if you could call it a theory, but it's just the thoughts and just the depravity of, of mankind to think that there is no God when they're talking against the very creator that created them. You see, this has also affected the churches and congregations of people with worldly influences. There are people that are fearful. There are people that are afraid because of the attack against churches and against God. But let me tell you something. There's nothing to be fearful of. This is just a plan of Satan, but it's time for the church to kick in gear what God has called us to do for what we are called to, to, to step up in the power of God and take the force and the dominion and the authority that God has given us. Amen? It's the plan of Satan in John 10 and 10. It says, the thief, talking about him, the thief cometh not for any other reason. He cometh not but for to steal from you and to kill you and to destroy you. I am come, Jesus said, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The Lord doesn't come to steal from you. If anything is removed from you, he's got something better for you. Amen. He's not come to kill you. He's come to give you life and not just life, but that 
more abundantly. And he hasn't come to destroy you. You might think, well, God, you, you're just trying to keep me from having fun. And you're just trying to keep me from doing what I want to do. Yes, some things that you want to do is going to destroy you. It's going to kill you. Sin, the wages of sin is death. God is sparing your life from death and eternal uh, judgment and damnation. But God has got something greater for you. But the job of the devil is to be a thief, to steal from you, to kill you, take life from you, and to destroy you. But there's some laws of the Bible I want to read to you. We find the Bible, it says in the book of Exodus chapter 22 and 1 under the old law. This was the law of God to the children of Israel. And he said this, that in the law I want this written. If a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he, the thief, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. So if they have, they have stolen from you, they don't just give you back one for what they stole. They're going to give you five for that one ox that they took. And they're going to give you four sheep for that one that they took. You see, this, 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 this word of the Old Testament, uh, this has been prophesied to Landmark Worship Center that four will, be, will come for everyone we bring. Matter of fact, it's even gone back even further several years ago that the Lord had spoken through a prophetic word that God would give us uh, four for everyone that has left. You see, God is not into uh, killing and destroying and stealing from us. He is into when the enemy comes in and tries to attack us and steal from us the things that are precious to us. I'm telling you, God is ready to step up and he's going to bring four for everyone we've lost. Matter of fact, I believe he's going to bring everyone back that has been stolen from us. And I'm believing with the power of my faith. Today, God has given me faith and given you faith. I'm believing God is going to restore to us everything that we've ever lost. And it's going to be even more greater than what it was before. Give praise to the Lord. Amen. Amen. By the power and promise of God, we will be multiplied and restored more than what the devil has stolen from this church by the enemy. I'm telling you today, God is with us and we're not going to settle for just halfway. We're going to take it all back. Amen. Every soul, every heart, every life that has been led astray, we're going to take them back because they have been stolen from the church and we're going to get it back and we're going to get it back fourfold. Do you believe that? Amen. I know you do. So what did this church experience in the past that we've got to get restored? I mean, I could go on and on and on. We could have testimony service of those that were here at that time. I could go on and on and on about oh, so many different things about what we were going to gain back. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited about what we're going to gain. 
I remember in the old building at one time, there was 115 to 120 people packed into that little building. And when we, had, when we shouted, we shouted like this, up and down. We were so squeezed into that old building. We even had children downstairs. And I remember John, Brother John Hiles said, you know, when we started dancing upstairs, the dust would fall down on the, everything down below. Of course, that building went back to 1865 is when it was built. But it was about 115 to 120 people in that small church house. But when I began to calculate some things, I know we got mathematicians here, and we got physicists probably figure this out a whole lot faster than I can, but, but it doesn't take a whole lot to sit down with a calculator and figure this out. But my calculations of, and I'm taking the, word, the number 120, when I take that calculation of 120 times 4, what does that come out to? It began to amaze me. Yeah, 480. See, we've got some quick minds here to think quick. I had to type it out on my phone calculator to figure it out. But 480. 480. And all of a sudden, I began to think about that. <laughs> I began to think about it that, do you realize that this building is designed to seat 450? Do you also realize that one time when we had the community come, at Christmas time to this church that we had 470 something people in this building 470 some people in this building in the balcony and down here we put chairs out so if we are talking about 120 times 4 I'm talking about 480 amen, yeah. amen. we'll find some place to put them we'll put hooks on these front and we'll hook their collars on there let them worship Something. We'll do something. We'll put more chairs out. We'll, we'll have double-decker chairs if it takes it. But you see, when you begin to stop and think about restoration, God has something powerful, this, powerful for this church. In the old building, we had people coming from everywhere, receiving the Holy Ghost. They would just even walk in off the street. We didn't even know who invited them. And God was bringing people to the house of God. And, and there was such a vibrant flow every service. Every, every time we gathered into the church, there was a time that we uh, got in our cars on a Sunday night and I felt like we just needed to drive around the city of Befolto. And when we drove around praying, we prayed over the whole city of Befolto. And we came back to the high school, laid hands upon the high school and prayed for it. And we came back to the police station and we went in and told the police officers that we prayed over the city of Bethalto and we are believing that God is going to give you a good night. Do you realize that that night, that night they had to go into a home of a man that we know had to go into a home and he, he's a man that he got messed up in his mind somehow and he even painted Nazi signs, symbols on his mailbox. And they had to go into his home and, and uh, confiscate all kinds of military uh, uh, weapons in his home. And they did that with no incident. Nothing, nothing happened to them. They were able to confiscate them, get him, bring him back, but he had some mental issues and there's no telling what he would have done. But you see, the power of God was working and is still working today in this church. I remember one time we got to shouting in the old building and the front doors busted open and I 
someone ran outside and everybody followed them. We started praying and worshiping around the outside of the church. I remember a time we got up on the top of the roof and preached from the rooftop when we had 149, I think it was, in Sunday school that, that Sunday. It was one big push. I remember kissing a pig, Sister Faith, and uh, she wouldn't let it up. I tried to kiss him on the side of the snout, but she said, no, that's not going to work. You've got to kiss him on the, on the lips. I, I don't know about that. I compromised, which was probably worse. What I did, I kissed him on the nose, and, and uh, he was just a little baby pig. But the things that happened, there was revival. There was things happening. I, I could go on and on and on about notable miracles that took place. I could go on and on about a continual flow of, of revival every time we came to the house of the Lord, the power of prayer that was going forth. Brother Donnie, you were baptized in that baptism tank over there, and we couldn't even hardly get him out of the water. He was, he, he was just so caught away in, in God and the joy of the Lord. We almost thought we was gonna, he was going to drown in the water, but we knew, hey, God's got this. He'll just go straight to heaven if that's the case. But things were happening, I'm telling you, and things are happening right now. Our building was capable of holding as many as we had, or not capable of holding as many as we had, but we fit them in there somehow. But something, some things were stolen from us. Some things, by the power uh, of, of whatever evil, has been stolen from us. And we are not going to sit back and accept it. This is the hour of renewal. This is the hour of revival. This is the hour of restoration. Amen. 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 And by the power of God's power, we will get back and more. I can say that, not because I can do anything about it other than I can seek the Lord and pray and believe, but I say that because I trust in the Lord. I say that because I know what God's desire is. I know what God's promise is for our prodigals. I know what God's promise is for those that have never experienced God before in their life. I'm talking about a God that knows. He knows and he's got the word sent forth to us. It's just simply we've got to walk in faith. We've got to believe and make preparations for the power of this renewal and this revival and this refreshing that's happening right now. There's something happening in our church. Amen. And we're not going to let the things that have been stolen from us go forgotten. We're going, to we're going to retrieve the things that have been taken from us. Nona Freeman prophesied, a great woman of God, before she passed away, she preached at our church, and, and she prophesied, God will give, us a, give you a building adequate for your revival. 480 souls, I think that's a great revival. Amen. We can expand our thinking even beyond that. But you know what we're doing right now? We're preparing. We're prepping. We're putting things in order. Amen. For that to happen, we are going to the Lord in prayer. We are worshiping God in a way we, we haven't worshiped in a long time. We're experiencing some things and some miracles and some testimonies that we need to see constantly every day. Amen. The greatest miracle of all that is going to happen before we, and we are not going to be satisfied with it until people are filled with our Holy Ghost in these altars and that baptism tank is not left just, uns just settled. It's going to be stirred up. 
Do you hear me? We believe it. I know I'm speaking to a church of faith. I know I'm speaking to people that have seen too many miracles to not believe. I know I'm speaking to a church that is hungry for God. Amen. Never has there ever been a body of Christ and people that were hungry for God and God didn't feed them. Oh, we're set up for a miracle. But God has given us a building adequate for our revival. And we're going to see it. And it's happening. There's things that are stirring right now within this city and this area. He did not give us this building to just change light bulbs every month. He did not give us this building to just fix the re- and repair the parking lot every two years. He didn't give us this building so that we can just clean and so we can just we can do this and that, but he gave us the building so that we can have revival. Can I hear it? Amen. 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 We are here for one thing in this building. Landmark. I'm not talking about every church. They got their revival, God's promised them, but I'm talking about landmark right now. We are here in this building for one purpose. And that purpose is to see a great harvest of souls, a great revival, and a restoration that God wants to bring to this church. Prodigals, names in this vase, and there's some that are not, probably not even in there, but there's a lot of names in that vase. That right there, is, I, there's no telling how many names are in there. But we're going to get them back. God's law, His laws, also apply to Satan. If you steal something, you're going to give back fivefold if it's an ox. If you steal some sheep or one sheep, you're going to give back four. God's law doesn't just apply to human beings. It also applies to Satan. I realize this was in the Old Testament. But the Bible says when Jesus spoke, he said, I come not to destroy the old law, but I come to fulfill it. I've come to fulfill these things. God is not a liar. God's laws always stand. God's laws through the New Testament, amen, has become some spiritual laws that God will not forsake. The laws of God are still established, but it's in a different mode. It's in a more perfect covenant with God, the plan that he wanted to happen. Amen. In the Old Testament, they sacrificed animals and shed blood. He didn't destroy that old law. He fulfilled it by coming and dying on the cross himself and shedding his own blood for us. It didn't die out. He just perfected it and fulfilled it. Amen. Uh, spirit uh, in, in the Old Testament, not, not in temples made of hands anymore like the Old Testament, but he came to fulfill it. And he fulfilled it because now when he said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, and they waited in an upper room and what happened was that spirit that dwelt in the old tabernacle of temples made of hands before now it dwells in us it wasn't a destroying of the law it was a fulfilling of the greater promise of God amen and now we experience the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues grace and mercy Amen. Come upon the people of God 
in this new covenant. Uh, uh, restoring of dominion and authority to God's people that was stolen from us by the deception of the serpent in the Garden of Eden and they were, they were stripped of it by their deception and the wrong decision that they made and, and disobedience to God's word. But now God is restoring it back to the people of God. Amen. He's given us back dominion. Take authority. Take dominion in what God has given to us. Amen. You see, thieves, thieves stole items uh, out of Timothy and Jen's car here about, I don't know how many years ago. Some of you probably remember hearing about this. Some of you haven't, but I got to think about this. This fits so well. Uh, they had parked their car in what seems to be a pretty decent area over in uh, Clayton. Was that where was that? Clayton. And um, uh, they went into a store evidently and then came back out and, and they had their, their camera in the car and they had their GPS and they had a MP3 player in the car and someone came and stole it. And Timothy and Jen were very upset about it. And rightfully so, they were very upset hard to replace those things. But I tell you something about uh, some that got more upset about it, uh, their parents, namely Sister Rhonda Burke. And I remember she got furious, not at anybody else, but at the devil. And she, you should have seen what happened that day. She took authority and we began to pray. She said, we're not going to put up with this. We're not going to have this. This is our children and this, there is no reason for them to have to go through this. So we began to pray and cry out to God and said, God, Lord, restore these things back to them. We began to pray. It wasn't just, oh Lord, lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep or a, a, a pious prayer. I mean, we got down to business because we were desperate. We got down to business and we began to pray. And I don't remember how many days after that, we got a phone call. Was it a few days later? About, about a week later, we got a phone call from the police department in, uh, I believe it was Clayton. And we got a phone call from the police and we're trying to figure out what, what's this all about. And... Um, we were almost like those that were praying for Peter and he come knocking on the door and, um, and they, were, they, were, they were trying to figure out, is this Peter or what's going on? We've just been praying for Peter to get out of prison and Peter's standing at the door. Uh, but we were almost like that, but we expected a miracle. We did. We prayed. We, did, we wouldn't have prayed unless we expected a miracle and we prayed because we believed. And there was a phone call from the police department and they said... Um, uh, we we were we we uh, come across a man that went into a Best Buy, I think it was, or one of the places, and he was trying to get a cord for the for the cam for a camera. And the man that was taking care of him in the Best Buy was a little confused about it. He said things just didn't seem right, so he called the police. The police came over there, and uh, the man took off running out of the out of the Best Buy, I think it was Best Buy, and he took off running, and I think he, ended, he was running from the police, and they were chasing him, and he had a backpack, and he ran down some kind of tunnel, I believe it was, if I get the, correct, the story correct, and they were chasing him, and he threw that backpack off. I think they caught him, didn't they? They caught him, 
And they went through that backpack, and you know what they found? They found the camera and the, G, or, or the MP3 player. I think something else happened to the GPS because it's probably outdated anyway. I've got one in my work truck that is so outdated that uh, if you went through Louisiana, you'd be standing in the swamp. There's no roads. It's just new roads are not on there anymore. But the Lord, they went through the camera and found pictures. At that time, we had some kind of event fundraiser, I think it was, going, and we put my wife's uh, phone number on the church sign out here. I think it was for strawberries. Wasn't it for strawberries or Mother's, Mother's Day something? And, and if you wanted to order something, then you could call her phone number to the community. We put it on our church sign, and the police were going through all the pictures, and they found that sign, and they found that phone number, and it was my wife's phone number, and called her phone and said, uh, started explaining things to her, and said, is this yours? She said, well, it's my son's. And they got it back. They got it back. You see, when we get fed up with a thief, and we're not going to take it any longer, if we really get desperate with God, God will restore back to the church the things that have been stripped from us. I'm talking about not just cameras and just a GPS or MP3 player. I'm talking about souls. I'm talking about family members. I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about people that love, that love, uh, that we love dearly. I'm talking about things that we have cherished. Amen. I'm talking about things that we refuse to allow to slip from us. Amen. We have had some things stolen and we want it back. When we, go, when we went through our struggle as a church body, our joy was lost at, at a certain time. We, we want our joy back. Amen. We want our peace back. We want our finances back. We want our vehicle breakdowns to be destroyed. We want the health to become uh, good again. We want relationships to be fixed. We want souls to come to the house of God. Amen. There is a spiritual manifestation of God upon his church today to restore what has been stolen from you and me and us. Again, I can say that because I believe, and I know you believe. God has got some amazing things ahead of restoration. Of restoration. And you know what? I, I was putting this message together, it just hit me. You know, I've got, and you've got, we've got our foot on the, the spiritual accelerator. We've got it all the way to the floorboard. That's what we used to call it, the floorboard. It's all the way down as far as it would go, and we're not going to let up until we see it happen. We're going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to worship. We're going to continue to come to God. We're going to continue to believe. We're going to continue to speak faith. We're going to continue to believe in faith because God is going to give back to us the things that have stolen from us. I uh, and I in my thinking about putting my foot on that spiritual accelerator, I uh, I just had this vision 
of how exciting that it is when you see the response of the passengers in the passenger seat. When you got your foot in the floor of that. I remember riding in a friend's car. He has a collection of all kinds of these old classic muscle cars. He got Challengers and he got GTOs and he's got uh, I don't remember all the different cars. He got all kinds of cars and, and, he, and Corvettes and different things. Now, we drove one of their Corvettes, one of the brothers' Corvettes, and talking about power, I punched it. Me and my wife were riding in it, and we were out in the, uh, in the farm uh, gravel fields of streets. I don't even know if they had a name, but Farm Road 101 or something like that. And I pushed down on it, and believe it or not, that car had so much power, it shocked me. I drove, I drove cars pretty powerful before. Um, and, and I punched that thing, and that car spun around in circles in that in that intersection, which nobody was there, it was a farm field, a farm road, and, and spun around that gravel, and it shocked me, the power that was there. But when I rode in the car, that Challenger with my friend, he had this slapstick gear shift, and he was, he was wrapping through the gears. He, 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 he took off, and my body went back in the seat, and I think I made an impression in the seat, and, he, and, and then he shifted his second gear. It was just like, it's not go over and back. It's just, and I mean, he took off, and it threw me back in the seat, and then he shifted the second gear. I mean, we were laying uh, uh, tire rubber on the roads, and he threw me back again, and he shifted into the third gear, and it threw me back again, and we're going probably, I don't know, maybe 80 miles or more an hour at that point, but he was still burning rubber off the tires, every time he shifted that thing going that fast, we got up, I don't know, 100 and some miles an hour, and I'm telling you, that was a powerful car. You see, the church, the church, we got our foot on the accelerator. Why? Let up. It's exciting. It's exciting to see the pastors in the pasture seat holding on to the dash and gripping, and their knuckles are white, but it's also exciting when we got our, our, our foot on the pedal for those souls that come into the house of God, and they're gripping the back of the seat of the pew, and their hands are, are white knuckle, but there's something moving, uh, and there's something moving in their heart, uh, something moving in their soul, something moving in their life. Uh, amen. And right now, we've got our foot on the accelerator. We are accelerating. God is moving us. But right now, there are people that we love that God is going to restore back to the body of Christ. Amen. God is speaking right now. We've got to walk in that faith. We've got to believe it. We've got to believe it more than anything else. Restoration. Restoration. King David prayed to God for restoration. Because sin was a thief to him. He made, he, was, he made a bad decision. Sin was a thief. But here's what he said in Psalms 51, 12. He was speaking to the Lord. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. I mean, there's a lot of other things that are said in that, in that chapter. They're beautiful, and you need to read it if you get a chance. Read it. Chapter 51, the book of Psalms. It's all about restoration. But sometimes our joy is stolen from us. 
We need to go back and get a new joy because when you have the joy of the Lord, guess what the Bible says? The joy of the Lord is our strength. You need to go back and get some new joy. I don't want to go any further until I tell you how to do it. Get back in an altar of prayer. Get back into to worshiping and, and getting caught away in the spirit of the Lord. Don't let anybody, uh, don't let the, 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 the thoughts that, hey, everybody's going to think I'm funny or weird. Worship, no, no. Let me tell you something. You're not entertaining anybody else but the Lord. You're ministering to the Lord every time you worship, every time you pray, every time you seek Him. Amen. You're entertaining the power and glory of God. You know what? We've got to go back and get some new joy again. Just like David said, things have stripped us and stolen from us our joy. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Amen. And uphold me for the, with thy free spirit. Joy again. In the book of Joel, we read that scripture text, but listen to what it says here in Joel 2, 21 through 29. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Verse 22, be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring for the tree beareth her fruit. The fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. It's going to pour down. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And in verse 25, our scripture text here today, and I, and I, God said this, and I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, and the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. These are small things. Sometimes small things eat away at us to the point where when the locusts have eaten and what he leaves over then the canker worm comes in and begins to eat. And when the canker worm gets his fill and leaves then the caterpillar steps in and starts eating his share. And when the caterpillar is finished, then the palmer worm steps in and tries to eat the rest, and it looks like it's all gone. But what God's saying, when we look at what seems to be all gone, we look at it in a sense that how could that be restored? But don't underestimate God. Because when God says, I will restore to you, not just the goods, but the years that have been taken away from you. I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. It's been a long, long set of years. 
I restored to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent to you. And listen what else it says. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit here we go the prophetic word that goes to the book of Acts chapter 2 the fulfillment in Acts chapter 2 and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. God is into restoration. Don't look at what everything that has been eaten up and stolen because the laws of God still apply and Satan has to abide by the laws of God the spiritual laws of God whatever he's taken we're going to take back and more so because we believe we believe it's restoration time it's restoration time. Hmm. Oh, yes. Don't 
Hallelujah. 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 Hokia Satariata. Hallelujah. 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 Church, I feel like that what we need to do, you've heard what the Lord has, trend, has said to us. I want you to come to this altar. It is time for a, for a restoration prayer before the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to call names out. I want you to call your finances out. I want you to call all the things that you've lost, your joy, your peace. I want you to call it out before the Lord. It's time to restore. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Amen. It's a desperate, desperate restoration prayer here today. Ah, God, we receive it today. We trust in you. Shut up, Tiki. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 